The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by Combank. This year, more than ever, we recognise the work of our educators. Nominations for the Commonwealth Bank Teaching Awards are now open. Head to teachingawards.com.au to nominate a great educator today. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Tuesday, the 29th of September. In your squiz today, Dreamworld's owner is fined $3.6 million, President Trump and his tax records, it's cold on court at the French Open, and Mariah Carey's secret indie rock album. This is your squiz today. It was almost four years ago that Cindy Lowe, Kate Goodchild, Luke Dorset, and Ruzi Arahi were killed at Dreamworld on the Thunder Rapid River ride. A coronial inquest followed in 2018 in which Ardent Leisure, the company that owns Dreamworld, pleaded guilty to the three charges outlined in that inquiry. Yesterday, the fine was handed out, Claire. Yeah, a $3.6 million fine. The magistrate in that uh, case yesterday said that uh, it was the largest fine in the history of workplace health and safety prosecutions. In pleading guilty and accepting that fine, Ardent Leisure admitted to breaching the Work Health and Safety Act and exposing individuals to risk of serious injury or death. For those who aren't familiar with the case, what happened here? What happened was subject to a long-running coronial inquest in 2018. It heard that a malfunctioning pump led the water level to drop near the unloading point and that meant that rafts were sitting on rails and the raft that was carrying six people became vertical when it bumped into an empty raft that was stuck on those rails. Four people died when they were thrown from their raft onto the conveyor belt mechanism. Two survived. They were the children uh, of two of those victims, Lowe's 10-year-old son, Kieran, and Goodchild's 12-year-old daughter, Ebony. They were very lucky to be thrown free and survive. Ardent Leisure released a statement yesterday after the conclusion of the court proceedings. What did they have to say? It says that it accepts responsibility for the tragedy without qualification or reservation. It says that it's also constructing a memorial garden uh, at Dreamworld to remember the victims. Uh, There's still some way to go, though, for the families. There's a compensation claim. And uh, while Ardent says that a majority of claims have been settled uh, for families, for first responders and for others impacted by the tragedy, Ebony's grandfather, Shane Goodchild, says that it hasn't accepted liability for her claim. He says, we don't want a garden, we want Ebony compensated. Making a fair bit of news yesterday was a report in the New York Times which published tax data for President Donald Trump. It's a big deal because unlike every other former president, Trump has never released his tax returns. No, and that's always been a question for Democrats and for journalists because it really gets to the heart of what their financial ties might be and therefore who they might owe favours to uh, and exactly what kind of record they have when it comes to managing money. What this tax data from the New York Times has showed is that he paid very little in federal income taxes. We're talking about $750 in 2016 and 2017 and very little tax in the 20-odd years before that. It also shows that he has loans of about $400 million coming due uh, and Nancy Pelosi, who's the Democrats' most senior uh, leader in Congress, says that that shows that there's a national security question because it's not on the record who he owes that money to. Uh, He's also in a $100 million fight with the tax 
tax office over there in America. Uh, also, what that data shows is that some of his businesses aren't doing so well. In fact, they're losing quite a lot of money. And that goes to the question about whether he's actually the business guy that he claims to be. Trump himself has tweeted fake news at the report saying he's paid millions in tax, but like everybody else is entitled to tax offsets. This comes just ahead of the first presidential debate for the 2020 election. What can we expect here, Claire? We'll talk a bit more about it tomorrow, but it's going to be a lot of build-up today, particularly about whether Joe Biden can keep his words together and not get flustered, Mm -hmm. uh, and also how defensive Trump's going to be about the coronavirus response. There's a piece of territory between Armenia and Azerbaijan called Nagorno-Karabakh, and it's one of the world's oldest conflict zones. Fighting in the territory has gone on for nearly 100 years, and on Sunday it flared up again. At least 23 people were reported to have been killed in one of the heaviest clashes in years. The issue is the territory is internationally recognised as part of Azerbaijan, but it's got a population of about 98% ethnic Armenians uh, that has seen that tension flare. Uh, The last big flare-up was in the early 90s and about 30,000 fighters and civilians died in the clash. Uh, Things have been on the edge really since then and it's flared up again. The United Nations and surrounding countries are keen to avoid conflict in the area. It's an important corridor for the international supply of oil and gas. Back home and Melburnians are waking up from their first curfew-free night in months. There were just five new cases yesterday, but Premier Daniel Andrews was quick to implore people to stick the course and to follow the rules. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Scott Morrison is keen for Victoria to get its skates on in terms of opening up. Yeah, there was lots of commentary yesterday about that sort of caseload that Victoria is now carrying. And the question that's being put is whether it can go faster to get the economy started, to get people back to work so they can really start digging their way out of that hole. Uh, Also questions about what the end game is for the Victorian government. The former health minister, Jenny Makakos, pointed to that five new case number yesterday, saying that they're on the road to eradication, which threw up lots of questions because, of course, if they're following uh, a strategy of suppression, it means that they could open up earlier, whereas eradication takes a lot longer. Over to sports news now and in tennis, the French Open has kicked off. Like so many things this year, it looks a little different because of COVID with limited audience numbers. But there's another big difference for this particular tournament and that's for the weather. They're all wrapped up in leggings and parkas and playing uh, in jackets. They say it's very cold there. They're used to, of course, a French Open that is quite warm. But when they started that Grand Slam on Sunday, it's about eight degrees. So very, very very different. circumstances and uh, also very different. Um, Rafael Nadal was saying about how the ball spins and how the court plays. So yeah, lots of players having difficulties there. Not good news so far for the Aussie blokes. Alex De Menor is out, as is Jordan Thompson. Girls are doing a little better. Daria Gavrilova and Astra Sharma have made it through to round two. Pop star Mariah Carey is releasing her long-awaited memoir today and it contains an absolute bombshell, Claire. She wrote, produced and sang an indie rock album. Can you believe? I love this. She did that in 1995 (laughs) when it was a particular part of her career where she was being very controlled, uh, not only by her husband, but of course by that pop machine that she had built. Uh, And 25 years later, the details are just starting to emerge. Someone tweeted that she's just like a real-life 
Hannah Montana. That's right. 2020 has been a strange year. Not too sure I was ready for an indie rock album from Mariah Carey, but I'm also (laughs) not sure I'm ready for the socks and sandals trend that is apparently here, Claire. It's a thing. Uh, I hold David Beckham responsible. He actually (laughs) ventured out in public uh, in the socks and sandals combo. Previously this year, fashion gurus were talking about it being appropriate footwear for home because if you're doing a Zoom call, it's absolutely fine to have socks and sandals on, but it seems to be making it out into the public realm. Mm, I think uh, it should should be an inside trend only. Claire, what have you got for us as a subject line today? Larissa, you won't believe I've done this, but I've managed to tie Mariah Carey to the socks and sandals trend. And that is a lyric from her song, Because uh, We Belong Together, Baby. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think there's plenty of people saying socks and sandals belong together. But look, like uh, plenty of things, Mariah, it's a bit questionable. <laughs> I yeah. think both those pairings are quite questionable, but you managed to pull it together with the one song lyric. <laughs> nice one. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> That's all from us today. Enjoy your Tuesday and we will be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au.